What's going on? Welcome to the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike. Obviously, this is my 75th, what's that, platinum, diamond anniversary? 75th podcast episode hopefully won't be my last. Today, I've got, as her website says, a twice Emmy-nominated entertainment and lifestyle reporter working for a variety of platforms, I would add, including maybe most notably uh, the New York Mets now over at City Field. She's Neha Joy. We're going to talk about the behind the scenes of working for the Mets. Uh, maybe a lot of you have come here from Mets Universe uh, to hear about that gig. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, make sure to subscribe, download, like it. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We have great guests every episode from all different awesome walks of life telling us the behind the scenes of their worlds. And also follow me at Mike Janella on all social media plugs over. Uh, We're going to talk to Neha, like I said, about the Mets. She also announces her new exciting show for Time, Inc. That'll be weekly and where you can catch her on that. And we finally settle, at least for me, the on versus in Long Island debate. But first, don't get it twisted. Now, uh, Neha's a few years younger than me, and I am a very petty, very jealous person. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit that. Uh, When I see my peers or younger generations Uh, in the same line of work as me, getting as many opportunities as Neha does, my first instinct is envy, if it's someone I don't know. I'm self-aware enough to admit that. Uh, It's like I see someone get a gig, and my first thought isn't, oh, good for them. My first thought is, wait, I could do that job. How come I didn't get that job? Um, Maybe that makes me a bad person, but I think I'm good on the overall scale of things. But those people who just always blindly support and are happy for the success of others who are ostensibly their competition... Let me tell you, those people are way better humans than me. <laughs> I've got a little too much Jer- Jersey cynicism uh, in this guy here. So I'm working on that. I'm becoming a better person. But don't get it twisted. When that someone who gets those opportunities is as talented and as nice and also just as good of a person as Neha is, uh, which she is, as I've gotten to know her, uh, then I do love seeing these friends and colleagues of mine continues to succeed Even if it's at times like right now where I'm like, hey, somebody hire me, please. I need more work. Uh, It's good to see success happening to other people who have worked hard uh, to have it come their way. So, yeah, it's always good to see good things happen to good people. And they don't come much better than the gal you're about to hear from right now. Neha, true or false, this is your first ever podcast appearance. This is. This is. So don't mind me. I'm a little nervous right now. Why? I'm a trained professional, I think. You're in safe hands. Things are going to go well. I know. But guess what? Like, I'm always on the other side of this. So whenever I'm on the side of being interviewed, I'm like, oh, my God, I I can't control it. What's going to happen? I don't know. It's funny. I do get that a lot when I talk to people for the show who are normally in your position or my position. They're the ones asking the questions, doing the interviewing. They always feel a little bit weird. Well, it goes two ways, right? People either love it because... I can take a break. I don't have to research. I don't have to do the questions. I can just sit back and answer. Or they're like you. They get really nervous. They don't like not having control. But you can trust me. I think we're in a good spot here. I know. And I'm like, and me and you go way back. So I'm like, okay, if I if it has to be my first podcast, okay, I'll make it with Mike Janella, okay? <laughs> well, I appreciate you doing me the favor uh, and also taking the time because you've got so much stuff going on, including... Well, you know, I'm going to wait because we start the show or we start every chat I do the same way. So we're going to get to all your jobs and especially this fancy new one that's brand new. And you're going to be talking about it for the first time here. But 
first, I ask everyone the same question. I'm going to ask you this one. What's the best thing to happen to you this week? Oh, my gosh. The best thing to happen. Uh, okay, well, it's like you said. Everything that I do is just like, oh, I'm running around doing like 50 million jobs. So, oh, this may be bad, but I, ha- I was supposed to have rehearsal today and it, and it got canceled. So, I was like, ah, score. I finally get a free day to just like netflix and watch friends and do nothing which is like what i love to do <laughs> the dream what episode were you watching or episodes uh i was the one where joey loses his uh he do- dr amore dies oh <laughs> no dr drake Ramore, part portuguese just like me that's why i love dr drake Ramore. fun fact is he really yeah are you part portuguese i'm all portuguese baby i got a passport i'm a citizen and everything are you real? I don't know why I thought you were Italian. Most people do. It's it's the it's all the vowels in the last name and Michael. That's, <laughs> that's like exactly every Italian what it guy. Was. Every Italian guy from Jersey is named Michael, so that's what most people assume. But yeah, Portuguese. There you go. See, you are learning yeah, something. I, You're the one asking me the questions now. I know. Sorry, I can't make the tables turn. Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll sit back. <laughs> we'll save that for later in the show because that's something else coming yeah. your way. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Awesome. So I'm glad you got to enjoy because now you're back to the grind. Uh, you've got this. New show coming out. You're do well. I'm gonna let you first question in the real part of the show. What are all your jobs? <laughs> like, let people know. Give <laughs> us a little rundown of everything you have going on, and save the best for last, which is the new show that is premiering this week. That is gonna be taking over the world. So save that for last. But let us know every everything you got going on. Okay, so sit back because it's gonna be long. I'm taking no. <laughs> my breath. Uh, well, first and foremost, I'm the in-game host for the New York Mets. So that's kind of like the main bread and butter once it's baseball season. That sort of takes up my life. All 81 games. If you're coming out to a game, you'll see me there hosting all the little interactive games and interviews and everything that goes on in between innings. So that's sort of like my mainstay job. Outside of that, I'm basically a freelance digital host. So Right now, I'm hosting uh, freelancing for Billboard and The Hollywood Reporter, which, of course, uh, is where I met you. Yeah. <laughs> Doing Billboard. So I cover them every uh, a couple days a month. So I'll go there, host a digital show for them, which is basically just any sort of breaking news for music, which is for Billboard, and television and movies, which is for The Hollywood Reporter. And then I have this brand new job, which is a new digital show for Time Inc. Well, formerly formerly Time Inc. It's now, I guess, known as Meredith after the buyout. But yes, you get the drill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so hard for me to keep track. There's like Altice and Spectrum and Charter and now Meredith and all the all the rejiggering. It's it's hard to keep yeah. up. But thanks for clarifying. So now I'm I I just referred to it as time inc which everybody knows as so it's for time inc and basically it's a weekly digital show and it focuses on four brands so time sports illustrated money and fortune and what it is is it's basically taking these trending stories from all four of these brands and just diving in deeper so taking a closer look at it breaking it down and making it an easily digestible story for someone that's, let's say, scrolling through their phone and how we say it is, if you're on your way to happy hour and you need a little topic to talk about, it's just a story to be in the know on what everyone's talking about. So it's a 15 to 20 minute show, weekly digital show, and it airs every Wednesday. All right. Do we have a time? Do we have, is it on all these websites? Where can we actually find it? 
It's tentative. So right now it's live at 4 p.m. And it's on all of their websites and social channels. So time.com, sportsillustrated.com, money.com, fortune.com, all of their Twitters, all of their Facebooks, all of their YouTube. So everywhere, basically. So this was the plan to take over the world. And now this is that next step for you because you're going to be basically on every person's feed. You can't avoid, I think, between those four brands, you can't avoid coming across this. So you're going to be crushing it. That's great. I mean, I said after this, I'm with, I guess, seven brands at this point. So I'm like, I'm hoping that at least everybody has seen something that I've done. Something, somewhere, somewhere, sometime by you. That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so check it out. Um, is there a name for this thing? The, the Neha Hour? Is that, or is... Yes. <laughs> that's the best part. I'm like, I keep talking about it. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This show's called The Breakdown. There so you that's go. what it's called. It's called The Breakdown. Time, Sports Illustrated, Money, Fortune. Go check it out. Covering all the bases. That's dope. I'm happy for you. So I want to get into, we'll see how that grows, but obviously you said the bread and butter during baseball season is the City Field gig, which is amazing, and I want to talk to you so much about that. But I like talking to people like you who have gotten some modicum of success about how they started, the origin story. So tell us, tell me about that, because you, you went to school at Hofstra, so you've been around uh, the area, and now, you know New York is your home base, and you were hosting for SNY, which is the Mets uh, local channel, the regional network in college already, right? Is that did I get that wrong? I was trying to do my research, and I just want to make sure I get everything right. But that seems like a really no, early, yeah. like a really good early start. How did that happen? That's true, and I always say this. Everyone always kind of asks, "How did you get your start?" At a relatively young age, and a lot of it. And I was like, I have to be very honest. A lot of it is just the right place at the right time. And you're right. I did get the SNY gig while I was at, so I went to school at Temple University in Philly before I transferred to Hofstra. So I got the SNY gig while I was still at Temple. So basically it was, I guess, you know how you say everything happens for a reason. And I guess like because of the way that the trajectory of my career, I very much believe in that. But basically it all started because my brother is a diehard Mets fan. And diehard as in he would go to all the blogs, he lived and breathed the Mets. So he was on some blog, and I cannot for the life of me even remember what it was, but thank you to them. They posted a casting call for a kid host to host this show on SNY called Kids Clubhouse. And basically it's uh, a long-form show that's um, basically – they talk about in-depth into baseball, but it's more so catered to kids. So it's understanding baseball and the ins and outs of it, and even the players themselves, the coaches, everything that goes into baseball and what makes baseball life, um, but catered towards kids. So they were looking for a kid host, and my brother just happened to run into this casting call at one of these Mets blogs, and he was like, hey, you're – you're like going into this for college, right? And I'm like, yeah, I was in my first semester, my freshman year of college. And then I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, I kind of want to be an actor, but yeah, this is my major. (laughs) And he, um, he was like, yeah, why don't you audition for this? So it was, I guess like the middle of January, it was snowing outside and I was on winter break from temple and he dragged me to the city 
And I was like, I don't know. I don't really know anything about sports. <laughs> really? Oh, like, I assumed you were like a diehard growing up, at least something about baseball. I guess be- baseball, I was just like a general fan, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my brother knowing everything about baseball, I sort of was surrounded by Picking it. Picking up by but, osmosis, you know. right. Yeah, so I was like, okay, yeah, I, I can I can talk about baseball. I know about the Mets relatively. Um, but, yeah, no, my focus was really entertainment, music. That's what I wanted to. And I majored in – I went into college as a broadcasting major. And what I really wanted to focus on was entertainment and everything like that. And my goal was e-news. Like, ultimately, I wanted to be Juliana Rancic, Maria Menounos. That was – those were my idols. So he was like, okay, so do sports. And I'm like, sports? Okay. And so he dragged me out there. It was snowing. There was over 100 people waiting online. And it was just an open casting call. So I stood in line and I went there. And I'll never forget this. But for my audition, they made me read a couple of things. And they asked me a question. And they were like, what's the best part about the Mets? And I'm sure everybody ran off statistics and this, that, and the other baseball knowledge. And I go in there and I don't know what possessed me to say this, but I said, uh, David Wright. (laughs) Just everything about him. (laughs) Everything about it. But like, I guess it was the look in my eyes. I was just like David Wright. And Uh, then they just like lost it. The flush in your cheeks, uh, the sweat that was pouring down, I'm sure. The small little giggle I gave after. (laughs) (laughs) And they were just like, Okay, something about that, I guess. They were like, all right, you're hired. They called me the next day. I flew down to Florida two weeks later, and I started filming. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, I mean, you're right. And a lot of people, and I've had some success in the field too, right? I'm not going to be overly humble, but I'm also not super famous, whatever. But I do get some people that ask me, any advice? What can I have? And I hate when people that have been successful give you that cliche advice, work hard and it'll all work out. You know, that's true, but you also do need those breaks. You need the random family member who comes across a casting call you would have never seen, or you need that person that's watching your audition that just happens to be passing by that carries a lot more influence than the normal person that's watching you. You do need a little bit of that right place, right time. And whether you think it's luck or something God-given or just coincidence, whatever you believe in, I think that's a big part of it. And that's obviously kind of part of your origin story too so nice job by your brother yeah i know that's why he never lets me live it down to this day he's like i got you your first gig and i'm like okay he's not still taking commission for the rest of your life or anything is he for starting your career i mean he's still trying if there's anything (laughs) that i do wrong like the go-to is i mean i got you your first gig and i'm like okay it's been like eight seven eight years now like you could live it down he is going to hold that over your head forever you have to do something for him make him introduce him to his wife or his next gig or something so that oh, you i was just gonna say even. i was like i've already tried he's not grateful for that so yeah lame come on come on bro you gotta figure that out <laughs> yeah so did that then lead to this city field gig because that is i would say your most prominent role right now so did being just in that mets universe under that umbrella help you transition to being one of the faces you see on the Jumbotron 81 times a summer? Yeah, no, honestly, I think that that was sort of the thing that set me to get all my gigs now, or that led to this, which led to that, which led to where I am now. So I always, I do think SNY because they really were the ones that really gave me my start in this career. But 
Yeah, basically, I did that show for three seasons, and then uh, they were sort of reformatting the show, so I kind of got the boot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, which was... You haven't been in the business long enough if you haven't gotten the boot from somewhere. It happens to everybody. I know, and it's funny because they were like, you know, you're not a kid anymore, so we kind of need to, like, you know, give you the boot. And I'm like, never in my life would I think that being 21 is too old. You age like, wow, out of the demographic at 21. Oh, that's so sad. But it's, it's the truth. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm not a kid anymore. And so I finished up college. So that was, I guess, my senior year. I finished up college, and then I was sort of putting together my reel. And that's what, I guess, kind of gave me a head start because I had all this footage from um, SNY kids clubhouse to sort of like get my real, get my start, started auditioning for random little gigs here and there. Um, I did a little stint with monster jam. Anybody know what that is? Monster trucks, right? Yeah. I toured with them for, they they go to baseball stadiums and stuff. I think when the teams are out of town, they do. Yeah. Yeah, They, uh, pick a lot of, uh, what I did, I did their, like, Southern tour, so I did it in Texas. I did it in the Cowboy Stadium and two other stadiums. I, I don't even – I cannot for the life of me remember. But that was sort of like, all right, let me see what hosting gigs I could get. So that was crazy because that was just, like, traveling, going to monster truck shows and <laughs> rallying with monster trucks. And I was like – my parents were like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I got to I gotta build my resume. This is what I got to do. I got to talk about monster trucks. Son, son of Gravedigger. That was a monster truck, right? I think. Uh, yeah, El Toro Loco. El Toro Loco. Oh, yeah. Something oh. flower. I don't remember. But, yeah, I mean, that was completely different than what I'm used to. So I was like, you know what? I'm just doing everything to sort of build up my entertainment reel. Got to be a well-rounded business professional. Yeah, you know. You, I can say that I've done everything, basically. Um, so I did that for a little bit. And then I got called in to do an audition for the Mets to do live hosting. Um, and I don't know if – I'm sure it helped. I don't know if it helped me get the audition. But I think once we were there – because I don't think anybody even realized, like, oh, that was the same girl from SNY. Because people that do SNY, the production there is completely different than the production crew for the Mets. Mm. So when I went in there, I think that's when people started to put two and two together because they were like, I was like, hey, I remember seeing you at spring training when I would go and film SNY and you would go shoot stuff for the Mets. So I kind of like put faces together and they're like, oh, yeah, you were the kids clubhouse girl. (laughs) So I think there, um, I don't know if it necessarily gave me a leg up, but it sort of let them, there was like an eye out on me and they were like, okay, let's see if she could. Let's see if she could live up to her kids' clubhouse days. Yeah, this isn't kids' play anymore. This is the big leagues, yeah, literally. Yeah. Let's see if she's got what it takes to, to hang. All right, so you get that gig, obviously. And you've been doing this. This is season number three, four? Yeah, three for this one. Season three. So for the people who are uninitiated, because some stadiums and Neha, I have listeners across the country and around the world. So some folks in, in their uh, stadiums locally may not have this, because I've been to plenty of parks, and some do, some don't. Basically, yeah, if there's the the hat game or a trivia game or a a guest in the crowd or a veteran in the crowd that's there to be saluted and honored, like you guys are the ones that are there. You're there with the microphone. You're interviewing the kid playing the trivia game. You're interviewing whoever. You're kind of bopping all around on the big screen in center field, helping entertain the crowd in between innings. So that's the gig. 
what's the? I want to talk behind the scenes. So like, let's uh, let's paint a picture. Let's say a typical 7 p.m. weeknight home game for the Mets. Take me through when you wake up. When do you get to the stadium? How early are you planning all these things? What's the the prep time like? Give me your a day in your life when it's a Mets home game and you're out there doing your thing. Ooh. Okay. Well, if it's a 7 p.m. game, well, I'd like to say that it's uh, something that we prep for days and days in advance, but as it's live entertainment, a lot of this stuff kind of comes at you on the fly. So it's a lot of, and kind of what we've talked about before, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's, you're there, you're there, you're there. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you you don't know what you're going to get until right when you're at that moment, which is kind of what you get for anything that's sort of live entertainment, but a typical day. So if it's 7 PM game, our call time is usually three hours before. So we'll get there around four. So right when we get there, we do a lot of pre-tapes also. So If it's a 7 p.m. game, we'll get there at 4. We might go upstairs and do some voiceovers. So a lot of stuff that we do that airs around the ballpark pregame are voiced little promos. So we'll do stuff for Ford. We'll do a little Ford plug-in or any of the sponsors that we have around the ballpark. We'll do little voiceover um, little plug-ins for them. So that might take maybe like 20, 30 minutes. And then it's waiting around for our log. So the log is basically the breakdown of how the show's run of show. So it'll have first inning through ninth inning, and it'll have what we're going to do, when and where it's going to be. And it's broken up by me and the two other hosts, or we have two hosts during the week, me and my co-host Brandon. And then on the weekends we have three and then Emily, our other co-host joins us on the weekends. So it's a lot more heavier on the weekend. Cause those are, you know, when all the kids come out and all the families come out. So it's a lot more jam packed, but, um, weekdays are just as hectic. It feels like, um, so we get our logs and then we might do some pre tapes that'll also air during the game. That takes about an hour getting everybody set up. And then we're sort of just shooting the shit upstairs waiting around usually the logs not necessarily done at the time we need it <laughs> so a lot of running around and then before you know it pregame starts at 6 six thirty. so we'll get out onto the field we'll do some pregame hits a lot of it may not go according to plan we might have little drop-ins that we didn't know existed until three seconds before we have to say it. It's it's live, (laughs) baby. Gotta love it. Yeah, it's, it's live. So I think one of the not challenging parts, but one of like the parts that I, it took a little while for me to get a hang of was memorizing fast. And I think that's another question that everyone says. They're like, you have so many reads that you have to say live on camera. And it's not like you get a teleprompter or anything. So it's, how do you memorize? And I'm like, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I think it's... <laughs> I black out every time. I can't I, even tell I, you. <laughs> to be honest, I like half the time I do. Like, I still get... I feel like you have to be... You have to have a little bit of jitters before you go on because you never know exactly how it's going to turn out. So I, another question that everyone asks is, how do you not get nervous? Like, how do you stay so calm? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a wreck every... I mean, maybe not a wreck, but like, I get nervous before I go out in the games. Of course. I feel like you have to be kind of crazy if 
you don't, you know? Either that or you just don't care enough anymore. You hear so many industries or jobs, it's when you don't get nervous going out there. You hear from athletes a lot. Like, when I don't get nervous to play, that's when I know I don't love the game anymore like I used to. So I, I agree with you. I always, no matter what job I do, before showtime, it's always a little bit of, of anxiety because, yeah, you never know if you're going to stumble or have a stroke or just, like, pass out yeah. or forget your lines or totally mess up or curse when you're not supposed to. Like, there's so much that can go wrong even for a seasoned pro. Yeah, or even not even on our end, but even technically, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. the video board could go out or the mic could cut out, which actually happened, um, <laughs> I think, last homestand. I'm doing a, I'm doing a game. We're doing a little roll the dice casino game, and I'm talking, I'm talking, and I have my IFB in, so I could still hear myself talking. But apparently, to everyone else, my mic cut out. So I'm just calmly going through the game, and I'm like, "Yeah, everybody, we're gonna roll the dice," and everyone's like, "Your mic is cut out. Your mic is cut out," and people are like, the producers are like yelling at me, like, "Get." Get off the camera! Get off the camera! Oh, geez. And I'm yeah. just like, so the entire ballpark is just hearing me just mute talking to everyone. <laughs> Welcome out to City Field. That's a, what an experience. <laughs> no, but that's exactly right. It's, there's so many things out of your control that you never know what can go right or wrong. So of course there's going to be some nerves, even even three seasons in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so you do your thing. Uh, game time starts. Give me the so the actual game time now, because you pop up on screen, say between the second and third inning. You do the casino dice game, whatever. Then are are you guys running around? Is there a headquarters where you hang out? Are you on your feet the whole time? Do you ever get to stop and watch any of the game? What's it like from first pitch to last out for you? Oh gosh, well yeah, for me, it's constantly running around, and I think it. For some reason, I'm like, I'm talking to my co-host. I'm like, what did you do after the game? Like, I was running around the entire time. I won't get to see what's happening during the game until the ninth inning, maybe. And I'm like, what did you do? And he goes, oh, yeah, we were hanging out. I'm like, how? How is that possible? Then there'll be other days. I'm like, yeah, I was hanging out. And then he was running around the entire game. So it honestly depends on the game and how much we have to do that for that particular game. And if we're winning or not, because then we have extra stuff if we are winning. <laughs> Everything's so, always better when you're winning. There's more things to do, more sponsors to get to, more stuff to talk about. Every sport, yeah. it's always better when you're winning. Yeah, and everyone's happier. And everyone's <laughs> happy, yeah. But, who who yeah, cares if so, the mic drops? It's cool. We won. Oh, yeah. No, completely. I'm like, okay, those little mess-ups don't matter. So I'm honestly like, all right, boys, you, you got to win this for me. Yeah, well, hey, this season so far so good. I know, I know. And usually when they win, we have to sit out um in a certain section so we sit in 114 which is right above the players dugout and if they win i say a little hey they won let's toss it to the interview on the field <laughs> so i noticed that this season i'm like why am i running around a lot more and i'm like oh because we're because they're we're, in first place <laughs> it's because we're winning so i don't get to have my little eighth inning break where i'm you know munching on some fries and chicken tenders i'm like down there till the last out. <laughs> it is fun though once you get that uh, hopefully, if they sustain this, then you start getting in that playoff run. And just that having worked in baseball myself, those long summers, you get that adrenaline boost come August or September if the team's doing well. And you don't even think about it being game number 151 or whatever. It's just it takes you to the finish line. So I hope and me growing up a Mets fan, I hope for that, too, that they keep doing it well this season. So uh, I know finger, fingers crossed. Yeah. And hopefully we could get to the summer weather because it has been brutal out there. 
her so this is a hot. This is a hot topic. Last week, uh, Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs was talking about this, and every sports show co- covered it. And I actually tweeted the day before he said it, and I felt very vindicated because I think I love baseball. It was my first love growing up. I didn't have any girlfriends until like after college, so baseball was always there for me uh, my whole <laughs> life in those awkward high school years. So you're talking to someone who who loves baseball, but I think the season it's either a too long. Or it starts too early. And I've been watching the games on my couch, and I think that all these postponements, I see all the snow. You've been out there freezing your ass off uh, in early April. Uh, do you think maybe the season should start a little bit later or be shortened a little bit? Maybe like May 1st opening day or April 15th or something? What, what's your stance on it? I mean, everybody knows I'm the biggest advocate for that. <laughs> okay, so you're 100% have... on board for that. Oh, yeah, I have. I mean, any bit, and if on my Instagram and Twitter and everything, all anybody hears is me complaining about the cold. <laughs> and and I'm sure you've seen on social media, I'm just posting me just bundled up with like 60 layers on. I yeah. look like a freaking Pillsbury Doughboy out on the screen over there. But I like have to, I can't even wear, usually when we're on screen, we have to wear our Mets uniform. But it's been so cold that I've had to go on camera with my actual winter coat on. <laughs> It's and I'm insane. like, I can't, it's insane. It's, there was one game where it was, we had a really long eighth inning and we were just standing out. We were by fan fest by the little wiffle ball field. And I was like, is that snow? There was, there was literally ice rain and snowflakes like coming down. I'm like, what? How are we pay- playing baseball in this? This is football season. It's, it's been nuts. So I just, I can't wait till. Maybe next homestand. It'll be May when I get back out there. So hopefully that'll be a little warmer. Fingers crossed. This week's been good. Yeah. It's been at least a little sign of spring. Hopefully it sticks because I'm tired of this. And uh, I, like I said, I've been the one inside. You've been the one out there standing for nine innings at a time when it's 20 degrees at night. So I'm hoping, at least for your sakes, that that's the case once May comes around. I know. My, my fingers, I won't even be able to hold the mic anymore. They cannot handle it anymore. Fr- frigidity. <laughs> oh. um, so do you... Is that kind of your, well, tell me like your level of fame. Cause you also show up on some TV ads. I know you and Brandon do a lot for like, the things that run on SNY and stuff like that. And promos, are you getting recognized in the streets? Are you getting seen in the subway by Mets fans? Is that something where they come up to you and be like, Hey, you were, you were wearing the Pillsbury Doughboy jacket last night. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Do you deal with a lot of fans or is that something that kind of sticks at the stadium? Um, I think it's something it, I don't deal with it too badly in person. I think it's more of a, a social media thing that I've had to deal with people following me. And with that, you know, it's great because I'm like, people are watching my work They're, Um, you know, I'm getting almost a boost of confidence because I'm getting recognized for the work that I do and being praised for it. So that's a a mood booster and ego booster. But you know, on the other hand, you do have to deal with a lot of critics. So I guess that was something that I, I, had trouble dealing with at first, but now I'm sort of like, you know, getting the, the hang of it. And with fans also comes the haters sipping on their haterade. Mm-hmm. So, an endless, uh, endless supply. Oh, yeah, of course. And the one thing that I learned was, okay, don't look at the comment section of any video that you do, which was <laughs> something that I made the mistake of doing. It's so temp- <laughs> It's so tempting, though. Yeah. It's funny, but, when I, speaking just a quick sidebar, so you mentioned earlier, you and I, we work at Billboard together, we cover award shows, uh, they bring me in to, to help you out, not because you're incapable, but because there's just so much to cover, 
And one of the videos that I posted, they posted on YouTube from when we did the Country Music Awards, like, what was that, a week or two ago? Yeah. And I used the word winningest because Miranda Lambert became the winningest artist in ACM's history. And that, yes. is the, that is the real word. That is the Merriam-Webster dictionary-defined word. I got a 730 on my English SATs. I know what I'm talking about when it comes to the vocabulary. <laughs> you triple-checked so, that before you said it. Didn't even need to triple-check it. That's how positive I was that it was the right word when I wrote the script. And I go to like get a link from that video to post it on one of my social media accounts. And I couldn't avoid the comments because the top one there, it's just it's visible. You don't even have to click it. So I couldn't see it. And the one guy said something like, winningest really guess we're just making up words now and i so wanted to just jump in there and say like with a link to the dictionary like bro this is a real word learn make yourself a better person yeah but you can't do that because then you're down to that level and i just hope that someday he'll hear that word somewhere else or somebody (laughs) will tell it to him and he'll learn and in his mind at least he'll say sorry mike i owe you one even though he and i'll never talk but it's hard to do. It's tough. I think, yeah, I think that's the hardest part is that you can't reply and you're like, okay, I have to, I have to be the bigger person and I can't say that. And it was actually, it's so funny that you said that because it was a billboard video that I, that I saw a comment on. And I think it was something, something about like, she's just a talking head and she just reads off the teleprompter. And I went off to everybody but that person. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they want. They like, want. The, I'm they, an intelligent woman. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, they they want the engagement. Like you know, you're not Ron Burgundy. It's not just put it in the prompter and she'll read it. But that's what they want. They want you to come in and fight in the mud with them. And it's it's very hard to do. Uh, it's something I, ironically with trolls. I think you have to. De- the more you deal with them, the easier they are to deal with and ignore. But there is that part at the beginning of any media person's career. I think where you have to just. That's how you get thick skin. You have to just let them have their say and realize that. You've got better things to do. So good for yeah. you seemingly doing doing well with at it. Uh, I have to tell you a secret, though. I did oh. hear you recording Winningest, and I didn't get it at 730 on my SATs, so I had Were to you, look it up. Was that, was, that, was that you on YouTube commenting under <laughs> a fake me. name, a fake alias? Oh, man, I thought I we were on, better friends than that. Guy. I saw it on dictionary.com and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he's right, he's right. Oh, I can't believe you hung me out to dry like that on YouTube with your burner account. (laughs) It was me, I admit it. Damn, throwing shade, leaving me out to dry. (laughs) Well, now you know and hopefully whoever that person is knows as well. I'll reply. Winning I'll put my burner account, I'll be like... I'll put the I'll post the link. <laughs> do it, do it, and use that in your next one of your next city field hits, like in the fourth inning. It's like, oh, you're the winningest, whatever. I, I dare you. I'd love that little homage to well, our shared experience. We should, we should, and that's kind of like another thing that we do at the Mets is when you're doing these game after game after game, and it kind of gets monotonous, and you're doing the same hit after hit. So we started this thing last season with one of our radio guys, Wayne Rendazzo. He would do his pregame report and. I told him, I was like, okay, we're making up a new rule. I'm going to give you an SAT word, and you have to find a way to incorporate it into your pregame discussion. That's fine. And so we had a little thing going on there where I would just give him a word, and he'd be like, okay, and just flawlessly. Meanwhile, I'm like stumbling through my read, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're a professional right there. That's the thing with baseball. It's such a long season that you got to do stuff like that to keep it fun and keep it loose, or you're going to lose your mind. So that's a good one. I like that. It's a good idea. SAT word. Keep that. We'll up. do it for our next. We'll do it for our next award show coverage together. Perfect. I'll Perfect. give you a word to write into the script, and 
That's how we'll keep those long nights moving fast. And, and we'll both get them edited out of our script by the producers before we ever get a chance to even read them <laughs> yeah. on camera. So you do so much. Uh, we talked about it. We, the city field. We've talked about it at length. We talk about Hollywood Reporter and Billboard, and now you're doing all the different brands under the Time Inc. Uh, Meredith umbrella. Can you can you rank favorites? Do you have one that you love covering the most in terms of a genre of the industry, or are they at this point all interchangeable to you? See, it's so hard to. I don't want to say I have a favorite job, but as far as comfortability, I just enjoy the Mets just because I've known those guys for so long mm -hmm. and you're working such crazy hours and you're basically on the opposite schedule of everybody else that's living and breathing with their nine to five normal life <laughs> that you grow close to these guys. So I think the environment, I just love working at the Mets for the people, but as far as doing my job and covering a topic, I really love covering stories for billboard and the Hollywood reporter, especially because that's sort of, what I've wanted to do when I went into college and I said, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I said, I wanted to be an entertainment reporter. So that's sort of what falls in line with what I want to do. And my brand of, you know, talking about the bachelor all the time. I mean, I got to cover a story on the bachelor for Hollywood reporter and I'm like, this is work. All right. I'm in. <laughs> I made it. So, it, so that is the dream job still that like Maria Menounos track, you know, five, 10 years from now hosting, the Neha hour on E at nine o'clock every night. Is that sort of where the crosshairs are still pointed on? Oh yeah, yeah. completely. And I guess I'll tweak a little bit. Cause I know everything right now is sort of move moving digitally, yeah. you know? So it's not really, so people are sort of rebranding with their own networks and trying to find ways to engage viewers, but still hold true to, you know, what E is, what access Hollywood is, or what all these different news brands are about. But I really love, and it is on E, but I really love, if there's someone's career that I would want to emulate, it would be Erin Lim. And she's a reporter for E, and I just love her work because she does, she's a reporter for E, but she also hosts a show on Snapchat called The Rundown. That's where I like, know her from. I'm like, where does that name sound familiar? And then I've seen yeah. the E Snapchat stuff. Yep. And it's so funny because and I'm like, this girl is so funny, and I think I'm funny, so I can do it too. <laughs> <laughs> well but everyone cool else will be the judge of that <laughs> no i think i'm the funniest person ever and the only person to call me funny is me <laughs> so that Fair. tells you we'll enough ask, right there we'll ask your brother what he thinks about your sense of humor <laughs> Get his opinion no one it. no one will be the biggest advocate for myself other than me uh, hey, you gotta be if you're not looking out for number one then who else is going to do it for you yeah, you need to have a little bit of an ego. Just kidding. Edit that in post. <laughs> no, uh, we're leaving it in. I agree. You need an ego. You got to need. You got to have it. This is the Mike Janela show, and it's a giant picture of my face on the thumbnail. Like, you got to have ego if you're on camera. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Because I was trying to figure. Because you were like, when you asked me, I want to be on my podcast. I was like, oh yeah, because I knew that you you do your weekly podcast. So I was like, okay, let me. Well, what is it called again? And I was like, oh, okay. So I like looked it up and I was like, oh, it's, of course, it's called the Mike Janela Show. Very original name. Very original. And don't put me on the spot with weekly. It should be weekly, but I'm a little bit lazy. It's like a bi-weekly to be safe. Uh, so. It was bi-weekly. Yeah. Okay. No, I said weekly, so now it has to be weekly. Oh, yeah. well, you, you start booking me guests or just keep coming back every week and you and I can just do the two of us together and we can make it a weekly if you want. Yeah, we'll do, um, 
We'll we'll have a glass of wine. Have it be like a happy hour podcast. Perfect. Special. We'll do the we'll do the breakdown of the breakdown. So your show airs, and then we go to happy hour and talk about how it went. And it's like a post game. Oh show my god! For your show. That's perfect. I might take your idea and make that my show and give you zero credit for it. Well, shit. Well, I have a paper trail now, so I'm going to be putting this out there and I at least want an executive producer credit somewhere. Ah, oh, crap. Okay, fine. Yeah. We'll see what we can do. You're, you're, you're stuck to that. Um, all right. Now, I always end with the last two segments the same for everybody. And you mentioned earlier that you're the one who likes asking the questions. And so this is now your time because I do let people... Even though it's my show, I like to step aside for one question. It's called Turn the Tables, and you can ask me anything you want, but you can only do it for one question. You don't have to do it, but I assume that since this is what you do for a living, you will exercise that option. So if you'd like to, fire away. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, now I got so used to being on the other end of it. Okay. It's, it's nice and relaxing, right, when you just get to sit and answer the questions. Now I get yeah. you nice and lulled into a sense of security, and then boom. Flip it. Yeah, I like sat up too, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I got, I got a game, a game on. All right. If you weren't doing this for a living, what would you be doing? This meaning, like media in general. Yeah. I've thought about this for years because media is always tough, and when you're in those times where you're unemployed, you always have to worry about these backup plans. So I've had the same two answers since I was like 10 years old. I'd either be one of those newsstand guys, like the guys who, you know, they're in the little kiosks just at the corner, like selling newspapers and candy and stuff. But I wouldn't do it in New York. I'd go to some foreign country and be like the mysterious American selling the USA Today at his little kiosk newspaper shop on the street <laughs> corner. And then I'd do that in the morning. Then once the newspapers were all sold, I'd go, you know, enjoy my cafes in Rome or my baguettes in Paris or whatever. I'd be exotic that way. Oh my God, that's probably the most original answer I've ever gotten. For what I, I was a nerd when I was but a it's kid. But right? it's still related to news, so. That's true, that's true. Well, my I'll other give one you is an a, 8 out of 10 for that answer. All right, my other one's a huge departure. If I hadn't done this, I think I would be an amazing priest, which I'm sure is a complete 180 from what I'm doing now. <laughs> but think exactly, about it, yeah. it's a lot of the same elements, right? Like you're still giving, at least, I know I'm Catholic, so that's what I practice. So I go to church every, every I don't go every Sunday, but when I go on Sundays, the priest, is, the priest is still giving, like, his homily. He's still kind of giving his little monologue. It's almost like his own little podcast. And I feel like even if I was a priest, I would still probably try and be, like, a cool priest that had his own podcast and, like, a YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think I'd, I'd escape from media altogether. But, yeah, I always, uh, I, I always thought I could be a cool, like, rock star priest, young pope or something like that. Hey, you could still do, you could do that as a side hustle. Maybe in, like, college. I went to – when I went to school, I used to go to Mass every Sunday, and we had the coolest priest. And he would just, like, drop some gems on it, and every time he would finish his homily, he would be, like, dropping the mic and just, like, leaving. And we'd be like, right? damn, damn. Isn't that you cool? You can do that. You can yeah. do that. No, I, uh, I, en- I enjoy some of the vices that priests are not allowed to have a little too much, I think, to <laughs> pursue that lifestyle. So that will be plan, plan Z if I ever get that far. Oh, my uh, gosh. All right. Enough religious talk. Um, fun five. That's how I end every show now. It's five quick, fun questions designed for you and you alone. You don't have to spend much time on these. We just go right through them. Question okay. number one. I came across this when I was doing my research about the beginning of your career. When mm-hmm. was the last time you watched your appearance on The Call-Ups? <laughs> when did I watch it? When was oh, the gosh. last time you watched it? 
Three months ago. <laughs> three months ago. That's a lot more recently than I thought. What the hell? I was I was trying to figure out ways that I was trying to tune up my reel. So I was like, can I? Every time I'll go back to it and I'll can I? I'm like, no, not usable. Not usable whatsoever. Guys, Thank you for bringing that, digging that up from the grave. Do yourselves a favor. Just Google Neha Joy, the call-ups. It's right there on MLB's media page still. It's great. You did well. You were really good. That was what? You were college age, I guess, at that point? Yeah, that was a freshman year. Freshman year of college. Yeah, so freshman so, year, know. they throw you uh, in an interview with Jeff Nelson, four-time <laughs> World Series winner. And he's supposed to, like, try and get you off your game by answering questions either angrily or, or whatever. And you did, you did good, kid. Yeah, for, for for a kid, I'm like, all right, I didn't do too bad, but... Oh, hilarious. Hey, got you on your way. Got you on your way. Uh, question number two. Uh, you earned your BA from Hofstra eventually in journalism and drama. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. That's what you started studying as well. So if you weren't doing this sort of reality-based media, what show or a movie or what role would you most want to have in what production? Mm, I have thought about this. And now it's completely slipping my mind. I really... Oh, can I say an actor that I would love to... Or can I say a movie? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I would love to play Jennifer Lawrence's... And this is so typical. I would love to play Jennifer Lawrence's role in Silver Linings Playbook. Or Natalie Portman in Black Swan. Okay, I've seen Black Swan. I have not seen Silver Linings Playbook. Are they similar roles, or is that... No, compl- and if anybody listening that's watched both, they'll be like, what? Okay. What, what genre are you looking at right now? Well, they both won Oscars for, the, for that, right? Yeah. So you have good taste, at least. That's for sure. Question number three. You look around, and maybe this is a different question, because you've talked about already some names in the industry that you have idolized or that you really respect the work that they do. Who are you most jealous of? In media, who do you look at and say, damn it, I wish I had their career. I wish I could just Freaky Friday with them because they're doing everything I want to do. And I wish I could do that. Who would that person be? Oh, Freaky Friday. with Well, I think I mentioned this before, but I would Freaky Friday Aaron Lim in a heartbeat. That's once you mentioned her before, I was like, damn it, should I get a new question at the end? But I didn't have time to freestyle it. So it's the same answer, but it's good. Yeah, 100%. It would be her. Right. Girls living the life. Plus, she's dating that guy from New Girl, and I'm like, hey. Which guy? Um, Lamorne. Oh, Winston. Winston, yeah. Winnie the Bish. He's the best part of that show. I know. Right and I was oh. like, oh, and you got the funniest guy. Good for you, girl. Damn, that is the life. Good choice. Question number four. <laughs> uh, you're from there, so clarify this for me. Is it on Long Island or in Long Island? On Long Island, 100%. You're always going to be on Long Island, okay? Always on. All right. Good to know. I now know that moving forward. <laughs> Question number five. Last one. We talked about this briefly earlier in a hopeful sense, but now I'm, you're going on the record. You tell me, are the Mets making the playoffs this year? Drum roll. A hundred percent. Yes, they are. Quite. They're in there. In there like swimwear. Yes. Good. All right. Then they have guarantee if they don't make it now, you're going to have a lot of sad listeners, at least like six of them, because that's about how big my audience is uh, that are going to be disappointed. No, I'm true to my Mets. LGM. They're going to make it. All right. I love it. Uh, Neha, remind everyone where they can see all your, your new show, all where they can find you all over the place, any social media stuff you want to plug. The floor is yours. Yes. Okay. So if you want to watch the breakdown, it's every Wednesday at 4 p.m. on all of Time, Sports Illustrated, Money, and Fortunes. 
websites, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all their social channels. And if you want to follow me and all the useless content that I post <laughs> for myself and my own entertainment, I just posted one like 10 minutes ago, you can follow me at, at Neha underscore joy. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, this was fun. How did your first podcast go? Was it okay? All right. It was it was pretty good. Once I got into the swing of things, it was it wasn't too bad. We might have to do this again. All right. Sign me up. And I, I got a feeling you're gonna have like your own. You're gonna create your own out of the blue now that you've got a taste for it. Just well, you me gave me the a, idea. Yeah, just have me on as a guest on yours, that's all I ask, and we'll be even at that point. I won't be like your brother holding it over your head forever. Then we'll call it even. Yeah, we'll say once my podcast blows up, then you're gonna then you're gonna start asking for your royalties. It's that's, okay, I'll give it to you. That's true. Everyone changes when the money gets hot. <laughs> Guys, you can find more of me, in case you're not sick of me yet, at MikeJanella.com. You can also find all previous episodes of the show and information on the great outro music you're hearing right now. And, of course, at Mike Janella on all the social media platforms, too. Neha, thanks so much. Get some rest. Stay warm before the Mets come back to town. And congratulations on the breakdown. You're going to kill it. Ooh, thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks to you guys for listening. Try and do better next time. See ya.